Welcome to the Innate Flow Podcast. My name is Nate Baumgartner, and you are tuning in to a vibration in the time-space continuum, communicating the wisdom, reflection, and awareness direct from the mouths of authentic truth-seekers and spiritual warriors. Drop in with us as we uncover how we as individuals can begin healing our collective consciousness in a holistic and intuitive way. Sit back, quiet the mind, and open the heart as we integrate the here and now. Daniel Eisenman is the author of Breaking Normal, Rewild Your Inner Child, and Set the Truth Free. He's also the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, the chief empowerment officer at Tribe Vitamins, and the facilitator of radical retreats and play shops focused around the principles of raw honesty and radical freedom. And I first learned about Daniel back, I believe it was like around 2014, when his name was Danimal, and he had this YouTube channel called Robras, together with his brothers. And I see this jacked, tan, handsome dude doing backflips off of waterfalls in Hawaii and leading these powerful retreats in beautiful areas of the world. And in, in the spirit of radical honesty, I was triggered by him because I wanted to be like him. So with all of that said, I'm super pumped to have this conversation with him right now. Daniel, welcome to the show, my brother. Wow. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that intro too. What a breaking normal, radically authentic, awesome intro. Um, I trust I'm coming in clear. It looks like I can't tell if the light's just creating a, hey, yeah, you're good. We're good. I mean, if you go all the way back from Rob Ross, I have a feeling this will be a good time to share some stories around the campfire known as this like technology uh, with the, uh, the bite of the apple out on the back for me anyways i'm not sure which device you're using but i'm stoked to connect with you i also will say that when you invited me to be on the podcast and i responded to you with a video from the river and then you responded to me with a video from the river back i was like okay <laughs> go so here i thank you for having me on the show man you're welcome and yeah thank you for that reflection i find so many synchronicities. I, I reached out to you, I believe it was sometime last year when you were having these gatherings in Boulder as I was in Morrison at the time, just a little bit south of you to see when you were having them. And then I didn't hear from you for a while and you texted me when I was at a hot spring in, I was down in Taos, New Mexico, uh, summer of 2021. And we just went back and forth very briefly but it felt so synchronous in just when you reached out to me at this point where I was having this deep breakthrough in breaking my own normal. So what I would love to hear from you is how do you define breaking normal and how has the meme of it evolved for you in since its conception? Awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily believe in like, I don't like the dictionary so much because I feel like limiting our pro-cabulary or whatever word we want to come up with that day doesn't need to be constrained or defined by the dictionary. And so breaking normal, I, I love giving myself the flexibility to redefine it or, and, or to have multiple definitions 
Um, normal, I, I would say normal. What is, what is normal? It's because breaking normal. So what is normal? Normal, I have this shirt that says normal. What does it say? It says normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. That's what it is. <laughs> I think David Harris. Hey, David, if you listen to this, it would be lovely to meet you in person one day. As you as well. You as well. Um, but normal, I think, is what people do to fit in. And which I think was very important when we lived in tribes, like literal tribes of maybe 100 or 150 people or whatever it was. It was very important to fit in. But that actually might be the downfall of of someone's personal experience and this new journey of tribalism that we've created through uh, whatever we're in, whatever matrix that we're co-created together. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's like the addiction to approval that this like lizard brain or the primal DNA, like is so desperate to fit in that it's not being authentic to its current um, way. It wants to define itself as a human being on the, planet earth and i think it's like such a weird thing to limit one to be normal i actually think it's like the the governor of growth for most people um i i, I checked out your podcast a little bit before we got on and i was like looking at some of the guests on there and i'm sure you know jp sears or know of him and he's like just such a perfect avatar for the story of breaking normal and he did write the foreword to the book and was the first guest on my podcast breaking normal and it, 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 before I met him, he was very uh, concerned about like offending people, very concerned about offending people. And he, he uh, JP, if you know him personally, or if someone does this listening, you'll know that he's so wise that he'll aim to learn from anyone. And he, he was like very explicit about like asking me, me, what I could do better. What can you do better? Like, what, what should I, what should I, is there anything else I can do be more myself? And I'm like, man, you're like just such a professional eggshell walker. Because when you're around me and some of our other friends, you kind of offend the shit out of me. Why don't you just do that? Why don't you just offend people? And that's why I think he didn't want to do that because he wanted to be normal at that point. And seeing him break that normal, I, I, he became so much, uh, I think, more inspiring to himself and inspiring to the world. And it was just like, he's just a great avatar to talk about. But I think that's a constant process. Breaking normal is basically another word for maybe our personal evolution of uh, just still realizing that like my opinion about me is probably more important than any other opinion. And giving ourselves permission to listen radically to that inner voice and see when these coping mechanisms or when these perhaps, you know, assimilated memes or assimilated stories from society that have been projected on us, like being radically honest when we may be acting from them, for me at least, understanding when I'm in story, when I'm in a space of story and perceiving reality through that versus like just taking a step back and listening and being curious from a place of radical honesty towards myself. Yeah, you know, a perfect cult, you mentioned the word meme, a perfect cultural phenomenon that has happened recently that I think a lot of people can relate to with what I mean by normal. Normal is getting the vaccine. That's normal. And getting the boosters, and that's normal. And I've, so like to, to take it to that space, like I've seen a lot of the the day-to-day -day experiences that you would post on Instagram 
um, through coming from a place of compassion towards people who were like, blowing up at you for not wearing a mask. You, you live in Boulder County. And talk to me about your processing of like, all right, from March of 2020, you, the world changes for everyone. And you step into this space from the breaking normal lens. How was that for you? Oh, well, what it was like was in December of 2019, right around Christmas, right? The day Ram Das died, um, I didn't get out. I didn't leave my house. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my bed in a way. It didn't feel right to get out of my bed. I was sicker than I've ever been with this lung issue. This started with like a fucking, excuse my French, the, uh, this like infection thing in my sinuses. And then it went into my lungs and I was like, holy moly. Like I never thought about death so much in such a pleasant way. So I do want to like preface that with this. And there's a side synchronicity. Uh, I had my brother and his wife uh, fly in and help me to, uh, to care for Davina because I realized how sick I was. And um, then when they came in a few days later, I snapped out. Of, I, I, and I knew, oh, side note, I couldn't do my breath work. I'm pretty vigilant about doing breath work every morning. And I couldn't do it for like three weeks. I was wrecked. I was wrecked. So I... Um, and then when they flew in, all of a sudden I kind of like awoke. I like I snapped through it. All of a sudden I was like, wow, I can take a walk. I want to take a walk. I want to do breath work. And I sat on this bench. I sat on this bench. I think it was December 23rd. Must or 20, yeah, 23rd, I think, 2019. And uh, I watched my brother and his lady, lovely lady, take care of Emerald, take care of Davina. And I was felt so supported. And I looked at the bench that was supporting me to sit on and uh, good at mood for the first time in a while and it was it said be here now that's what it said and i was and i was like what the um that's like isn't that the name of that big ram das book and i looked it up and then i found like he died the day before that i thought it was and it, and it was the winter solstice it was also the winter solstice and i was like so that happened and then one day i was interviewing my dad about covid uh in 2020 and he's a pharmacist for over 40 years now and we were talking about ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine and uh, especially drinking tonic water to prophylactically prevent the brunt of this most likely a lab leaked virus. Um, and when I interviewed him, I realized I had, I, I didn't know it. I had COVID. This one I had COVID in December. I had this and I was like, and everyone, a lot of people in Boulder were very uh, wrecked health-wise that usually would not be. And um, I realized whatever this thing was, this we'll call it a virus um, or call it COVID, it seemed to hit Boulder in around November 2019. And then people were telling me, like, yeah, it was released in New York from Wuhan. Like, they did this marathon. And then I was like, well, that would make sense. Like, New York to Boulder is such a fast stream and Wuhan to Boulder. I'm like, wow, gosh, Lee, that makes a lot of sense because there's so many athletes coughing so hard those days, including myself. And um, so it's like it, when I, I, know I, and I realized I had it, and I, put all, it kept, I kept meeting these people that were not uh, willing to talk publicly, but they're like on the front lines of healthcare because they're like either supplement sellers or doctors or both. And they're telling me about like, what's going on. And it's like, wow. Uh, God, Lee. And then the news, the news with this, this thing, like, I was like, wow, they, so they really did, they did, uh, no, my question, it was more of a question. Did they really create this to sell this and that people are going to really line up and buy it? Like, 
vigilantly and, and try to enforce and try to coerce unethically coerce other people into buying it and is this really and it's happening it's, it is happening and it's still happening or not even buying it but ha- paying for it through tax dollars uh, and then pushing it on the the general populace i i worked for fema the federal emergency management agency up into last year when i quit my job uh, they were pushing the vaccine mandate on all of us. And that was the breaking point for me to shift into coaching and do my own breaking normal process of dissolving an old identity, stepping into the new one. And it, it all felt so illogical how everything was happening and the immense amount of waste and the, the whole politicization of, of all of it for for this very amorphous removed purpose and you know even like watching your videos on that that you were posting on instagram was very it was empowering because i was like yes i'm not alone thinking that you know all right we're, we're putting a piece of cloth over our face and pretending like it's going to solve this entire crisis or you know standing six feet apart and pretending like germs don't travel that distance so normalizing and helping to give people permission to think in a way that is other than the standard narrative. Do you ever feel a weight to that? Like that, like there is a, a level of responsibility that you have in, in speaking the truth or does it come very free flowing to you? Oh yeah. I definitely feel a calling to that. Um, in this instance, or, you know, my grandparents survived the Holocaust by, um, creating a, a potato garden under a graveyard, from my understanding. They didn't do what a lot of their companions did. And they, uh, they made it to where I'm here. And so, yes. And, and because I'm a hyper, maybe because my archetypal, my ideal archetypal energy is maybe that, maybe like a warrior or a loving warrior. Like, hey, ooh. Y'all see this, right? Y'all see this because um, I'm I'm not distracted by being like distracted uh, manically trying to fit in. I actually have a little uh, suspicion about trying fitting in. Um, so I, I'm just aware I, I I will fit in if I feel it's right for me. But like this is not right. This is not right, and like I freaking hung out with this lady today, this crazy lady who's so healthy and old and knows everything about like herbs and medicine and supplements because she has this huge supplement company where she sells only a doctors. And I, like she, I, I thought I, she inspired me to be more uh, outspoken about the ridiculousness that's happening right now. And because she, her business is booming right now. Her business is going nuts and it's, it's because she's telling me and she told me this is, this is just the beginning this is just the beginning and she like wants to buy certain organs like maybe she wants to get like we might want to look at lungs maybe more people want to look at lungs especially if they're injecting themselves with a lung virus yeah the and i, I would love to dive into your um exploration in looking at your own health how you came to found tribe vitamins and in doing that research, what do you see in like the corollary health benefits between, you know, like eating bison testicles and fertility or, you know, eating 
calf liver and or bison liver and supporting um you know our detox capacity things like that yeah that's a great question so i i feel like um i was as month along with this whole 2000 late 2019 c word meme explosion i and a lot of others were going through a lot of personal things as well i believe somehow somehow this is all correlated um it's like I do believe what's most personal is most universal. I, I feel like that's like a meme in my life that's been very important to me. And because we're going through this collective crisis, some would call it, um, or breakthrough or ascension or whatever it is, um, I think a lot of people are personally going through that. And I and I was, and I and I also because of a combination of the personal situations and the, the collective ones with COVID and all that, I stopped doing retreats i stopped hosting retreats and i just like sat for a while about like what do i what am i supposed to do and i think so it brings it back to the beginning of the conversation about how to be like authentic i feel like there's like a fluttering of my heart i mean if i had a if i could really describe it on a physical level the baby could understand it's like a butterfly in my heart if i feel a butterfly in my heart i really aim to pay attention and take action and then follow the synchronicities from there in a way, if we're trying to make a strategy of sorts. Um, and that I definitely was like bison, bison liver came in like a butterfly to my heart. And now I feel like a part of a herd of uh, mysticism that I don't even understand. I mean, Native American mysticism that I don't understand. Um, and the freaking fact of the matter is like when people take that bison liver, their lives get better. Uh, a lot of, but normally it's like bison liver. So I can just a little briefly, my understanding of nature is like a lot of animals. And I like to study nature where people, animals are unindoctrinated from cult, human culture. And it seems like those kind of animals, uh, the omnivorous ones, the hunters or the carnivorous ones, when they get a freaking animal, the liver is like, liver and other organs are arguably the most prized food. And like the alphas get it, the, uh, or the, for the indigenous people, maybe they saved it for hunt, hunters or warriors or sick people or pregnant women. It was like, it's like medicinal. This is like, we killed this 2000 pound bison, but there's this, 15 pound liver in here like this we got like let's all take a bite now it's all, i don't know you know it probably worked all kinds of ways but that's how i imagine it and um that food's powerful so powerful that i think it, the, the whole idea of tribe vitamins that butterfly in my heart created this meme for me to follow is that what are the foods that were used as medicines before pharmacies existed and the first and the foremost one that popped the lid off this thing is called and uh, it does matter we only buy from 100 percent grass-fed grass-finished bison uh 90 of bison are not fed that way they're finished on grain and for instance my dad's been eating a lot of marrow bone marrow lately and so have i and when he apparently eats uh not grass-fed bones marrow he gets acid reflux and i'm like what the heck interesting like i i appreciate that type of antidotal evidence from someone like my dad and like wow and i think it's more bigger than that it's bigger it's like a whole supply meets demand like demanding the best type of meat the, the the best type of food the best type of environment like bison are a keystone species of north america and maybe we could turn the great plains more into the amazon like maybe like maybe like it used to be like that fertile but in the plains type of way because there was 30 million bison roaming those lands instead of 
freaking acres of monocrop sprayed with glyphosate. Holy mackerel, what have we done? <laughs> what, do we do? what do we do? And I feel there's something full circle about, you know, supporting the repopulation of bison, of buffalo. And have you had any challenges with sourcing sufficient liver? Because I, they, there's obviously a limited amount of organ meats within an animal versus the muscle meat. And it is much more prized among indigenous cultures for the exact reasons that you've talked about. Has sourcing been an issue? And how, how has that growing your business, growing Tribe Vitamins, how has that flowed for you? Okay, so well, um, when I first went upon this like adventure, I guess trail, like kind of cutting the trail, trailblazing in a way, it's like I talked to so many bison suppliers that were telling me how this you're like you're ridiculous like i have like 10 i have like two three five i have like 10 livers you want those uh, i'm like okay maybe like and they, but most people are just like this is not gonna work until i found the right people or they we got into touch with each other and they were like definitely skeptical but definitely listening and now here we are what two years later or a year and a half later and uh now they're i unfortunately the same people that are integrous integrous enough to maybe lose uh, potential immediate profit because the betterment of humanity of our whole lands and, and for the bison, for the people that are eating the bison and are not going to load them with grain in the last 90 days, like what's normal. These people, I guess, are integrous enough because I was the first one to kind of create this partnership. They do have enough organs for me uh, uh, thus far to have I supplied thousands, thousands. Of, I, I imagine thousands, like I mean, thousands of people's lives have gotten better because they were had that integrity and they've maintained that integrity. But they have now. People are trying to buy all of it. They're trying to swoop all that away. All kinds of people because I guess it, along with this Armageddon of consciousness of normal normalcy that we were alluding to early earlier. There's also I think that happens at the same time uh, with an ascension. And it is like amazing that the demand for 100% grass-fed bison organs has skyrocketed. Um, and like we might have to become a subscription thing only so that we can supply the people. And because if we get like, if Joe Rogan interviews us about this, it's like, uh, well, I guess we're sold out now. And in the meantime, what we're doing is like 90% of bison farmers can actually just stop this normal process uh, they can. Most people, everyone I talk to, says, "Oh no, that, that's impossible. They can't do it." They, they, uh, you know, that's a big business talk. That's big business talk. You got to talk to Ted Turner about that. And that allows you to grow in a very synchronous way, based on the supply and demand, and also like there there is a limited supply. And like you're saying, if with one big peek by there it could all be off the shelves how I, I really love to explore intuition intuition and synchronicity and you were talking about the fluttering heart feeling and then seeing things line up has it always been something that you have been tapped into in following your path and I would love to get into the flow of your path from you know doing these retreats to then you know getting into you know raw food and however it flowed into you writing a book and having a supplement business um how how has synchronicity and intuition played that role in you 
finding this breaking normal path. Oh, wow. Oh, that's another interesting one. Um, well, firstly, I want to say the raw food, like the bison liver we're serving is raw. And that's, I think, a big reason why it's so effective. It's freeze-dried, but that means it, that's the same process the military and NASA uses to suck the water, uh, sublime, would be a proper term, sublime the water out of the product so that the shelf life extends like crazy. Like, who knows how long? People are still trying to figure it out. So, anywho, um, and, and maintaining the nutrients at the same time more effectively than anything else that I know of. Definitely, even more than dehydration. But um, I think, you know, someone asked me, a quite, like, last night at dinner, we had this crazy-ass conversation uh, at a place that only cooks in tallow, by the way. Shout-out to Wild Pastures in Boulder from Chaz Nottam, Paleo, Paleo Valley. They, they own valley as well and they sell bite they sell not bison uh, cattle like cat uh cow organs from america which is very rare uh, most of their companies sell new zealand beef organs but anyways i think uh when i was in third grade i uh started cussing a lot i started like cussing like a sailor or like a girl from chicago <laughs> and a businesswoman from chicago and i i realized i was like i i felt weird about it and i um and the guilty about it and wrong about it. And I realized, because I realized I was doing it just to be cool, AKA normal. <laughs> and um, I stopped that. And I think when I stopped that, I got a, a I received like a guidance, a guidance upgrade. And it was like, man, you gotta be real careful, Daniel, about doing things to fit. Cause I, and then I like watched a lot of those people do more and more normal things more and more normal things throughout their height, their schooling. And I was like, God, that just is like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> so freaking normal. And um, <laughs> I'm going off on normal tonight. Um, and I think because I honored my feeling in my body more than trying to fit in at such a young, early age, and I definitely think that was like from uh, my uh, upbringing with uh, uh, my relationship with God. And I, I only been like, I, I'm a very, I wouldn't call myself like, I'm a very, if I'm a Christian, I'm a very abnormal one. Um, but I do like have a relationship with Yeshua, Jesus, and like realizing like that whole WWJD meme, what a great one. Like, if you really believe, if you really think about that, like, well, I wouldn't, if Jesus, like, I don't think Jesus would cuss to fit in. I don't think he would. And then that kept going. Kept going. I kept going to like a uh, medical, like even all the way like to college. Like, I don't think uh, I would do. I don't want to do that medical school. I mean, that I it would be nice to be a doctor and like please my parents and be this like icon. Like, because I, I think I could be a great doctor. Like, I make so much money and I can be in the ER. But I'm like that. Uh, that indoctrination part right there. That doesn't seem right. And now a lot of my friends are successful doctors, for sure. <laughs> they're, I bet they're great doctors, but they are they are under a set of rules that I am not under. Um, I, and that that was a very common theme in our retreats. Like people come like talking about like, wow, I wish I could tell my clients like the truth about certain things, but I would lose my license. That's what they would tell me. Like, oh, why don't you lose that license? <laughs> that license to be a normal doctor or a normal whatever normal label you are. So, uh, yeah, I think following that theme created all kinds of adventure in my life. And because I was the oldest, I'm the oldest of uh, three uh, younger siblings, and two of them being brothers, the Rob Ross that you alluded to earlier, 
and us being very com like competitive to be the best, which is awesome. I think that's an awesome thing. I, I believe in competition. I think competition, like it, when you are loving each other through the competition, like, and you want the, your competition to really give you the best competition they can give you. Um, that's like called cooperation. That's like how our sperm, I trust my sperm work. I mean, Davina, Davina seems like, I'm like, she's the best. She's the best sperm, best sperm one. I, I trust everyone's sperm is competing. Like not like, oh, I can't compete. Cause anyways. Uh, so yeah, I think the, I, the more I followed that fluttering of the heartbeat of synchronicity and like spoke my truth and, and like was in taboo, but in, I think in transcendent ways for myself and seemingly others and my brothers too, being surrounded by people, other people, like uh, I guess that frequency, you know, like if you attract what you are or whatever, I seem like to like you, I somehow I'm like, uh, man. I understand I can go out to like uh, Whole Foods right now and see a lot of people that are obsessed with normal and amazing and that's fine. But I can like go to the creek right over here and like meet people that are so beyond me and understanding what's going on. So uh, the vibe attracts the tribe, your vibe attracts your tribe. I, 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 I believe in that. I believe in that. Yeah. And with within listening to yourself and like, surrendering to that experience of what you are which is ultimately like i believe uh, a conduit for the soul which is your connection to god and the universe and all that is like there within the physical form within the meat suit there can be a lot of fear about taking action towards that or even be in this space where you may be judged i remember i was listening to your podcast shout out breaking normal podcast the end of it you had a um you had a chapter of your book where you were describing an exercise that you would do where you would gather a co-ed group and everyone would just stand in a circle naked and would just stand looking at each other and being in this space and to see how the energy evolved and to see like, all right, people are comparing themselves to each other. You know, some people are dealing with like, all right, I'm naked, is this sexual? I just stared at that guy's dick, am I gay? Like, you know, all of these stories are coming up and there can be some, you know, resistance as we step into like releasing ourselves from the attachment to what is, you know, normal, to what is viewed as accepted or not accepted, you know? I was thinking about when you were expressing that so eloquently was uh, how I think people are more prone to be shadowily, shadowily <laughs> obsessed with normal if they don't uh, actually volunteer to be extremely, uh, to feel extremely abnormal, to feel, uh, to feel uncomfortable on purpose. So if someone does not have a practice of making themselves feel fun, comfortable on purpose, or if they don't participate in extreme exercises, such as that one I, you just alluded to, I, which I can tell you, I can talk about that. Cause that was one of the, that's, that's the one, that's the one. Like if you want to see how you, if you want to feel fun, comfortable in a healthy way, then that naked exercise is extremely effective, but it's also the, um, way it's performed is extremely important as well as well um but there's ways to do it like the creek i mentioned you know i the why i'm at the river i can dip in like 40 something degree water while it's like 90 plus degrees outside and sunny that is not 
uh, comfortable necessarily. It is exhilarating. So I exhilarate myself so I'm not prone to feel like I need, uh, I'll uh, get some, uh, like a lower level of exhilaration by feeling part of a thing, a normal meme that can be very dangerous. Anywho, um, that's what I was thinking about. What's coming to me is the hermetic principle of as above, so below. And when you microdose chaotic experiences, experiences that shock the nervous system or shock particular senses, like the same reason working out is so beneficial to your organism, it's like allowing an aspect of yourself to raise the baseline of what is normal on the individual level. I'm curious, how, how have plant medicines supported your experience of shattering conceptions of normal as they've evolved and allowed you to, like, how have they been your spiritual aid and ally in, in life? Yeah, I'm going to be very careful about how I answer this question currently because of certain personal situations, but sure. we'll see what I can, um, we'll see what I can express. First of all, I think if you're, uh, when nature is outlawed, that is a red, that's a heads up. Actually, it's a red flag. You know, even red, oh, red, you know, the best surf in the world, the, some of the best surf I've ever gotten in the world, which I think is extremely important to me. If I could like cry about something right now, be about some of the waves I've caught. And I, those were a lot of times on days that had red flags on, uh, there was a red flag on the sand, like meaning stay out of the water. And I understand that warning. If you're not in that niche, stay out of the water. And, uh, geez, plant medicines, I feel like are a similar situation. Um, like honor. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, it's just like a wave could crush someone's bones, like a, a, a too strong of a dose of something in nature can easily kill some people. And so these things are meant to be revered. And I don't think I've ever taken anything that could kill someone from the plant. I guess. I don't know. Can people overdose on psilocybin mushrooms? Is that something you can overdose on? I've never heard of it. I, I don't. Um, I, I know I've heard of people taking like 20, 30 gram doses and having very hellish experiences and been challenging and cause PTSD, though. I've never heard of any deaths directly caused by it. Well, I mean, I, when I was like, just to keep going, like, I, I believe in the wisdom of um, people that thrive before us, uh, especially environmentally, like, you know, the people of Boulder that lived here hundreds of years ago and hundreds of years ago and like understand like, oh, this stuff kind of grows here and this can cause this type of effect. I think that's something if you feel the call to uh, to get some good guidance, not but never to never feel pressured into um doing so like I, I always feel this like this scenario of like this teenage girl at a frat party like smoking a huge ass bong and she's already nervous because all these guys are like preying on her and it's because they are and then she takes her first like huge hit of cannabis and it's like that is not a, that's not the proper way to uh get introduced to ganja so I think uh, these things are like, uh, my dad's, like I said, my dad's been a pharmacist for over 40 years. I, I'm in, here I am exploring this whole supplement industry and the debt, like really uh, some nooks and crannies and depths that I don't think are normal at all. And um, I, I'm a total believer in uh, what you consume can change how you are, how you are. And um, 
I believe that plant medicine, like uh, our plant medicines, are a great place to explore before pharmaceuticals. Gosh, Lee, um, especially if it's like, like if you can understand where it comes from, like cannabis is like an herb. If you see it grown, or mushrooms, if you see it like how it grows, like and how it can grow, and learn about it. And uh, I mean, what there are so many. I have not, uh, I have not done ayahuasca. That's a common question I get. I've not done that. Um, but my my experiences are amazing, amazing, and 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 it can be like the, the same experience with any type of nature, like in the river. If I wasn't careful, that could have been really rough. That could have been really rough if I didn't like revere what was going on. Like it's like taking mushrooms in the mall would be like tubing down this uh, creek without a helmet. <laughs> Which is why I think that ceremony is so important in creating even like when I sometimes not always sit with cannabis i like to create a ceremony around it to create a little bit of a prayer to send intention to the medicine to just sit with it and send it my own energy in my hand and think about what i want to get out of the, the experience what do i want to receive from the wisdom of being in this altered space being in this expanded space so that you know can cascade out to other areas of our life where we're doing so much more in our lives with intention when we you know learn to shift from the things that we may consume as drugs like nicotine tobacco alcohol cannabis all these drugs that can you know help us to recreate or to yeah just take us out of feeling like we are stuck inside of our own heads to ultimately shift that into a healing experience through ceremony on the front end and then integration on the back end, which I love to do in sitting with cannabis. Um, and with that said, you know, anything can be medicine when you learn to treat it like that, when you treat it with intention. Um, I've had the opportunity recently to sit in Inipi, in the Lakota Sweat Lodge in Westminster, just, you know, south of you with some uh, Lakota brothers of mine. And that is deep medicine in, you know, creating prayer towards ancestors, prayers for future generations, and coming back to microdosing chaos, just feeling incredibly uncomfortable and transcending your mental, what your mind is saying is your limit through that and releasing and just coming back to the heart, coming back to that space of loving acceptance and allowing you to drop out of the head into a deeper awareness. I'm curious, what what is your medicine at present? What has been the deepest medicine that you've been experiencing in your life? Hmm. Uh, my daughter. I mean, are you talking about specifically plants? Or no, you just no, general? anything. Any experience or human being, yeah. My daughter and my dogs. And, or, uh, yeah, they're human. Was, I mean, godly. You know, they're sending me like memes. I like the, I still love that you brought the word memes, but like so many memes around dogs that are so right, right on. Like being, being the person that your dog, what, what is the saying? You know, like, I aspire to be the person my dog thinks I am or something like that. Yeah. And the same with my daughter. Like my daughter, I understand like, you know, my daughter can be tough and she can be, she's experimenting with, she's so sharp. And I, I encourage it. I encourage her sharpness. And, but uh, I know that that, like how she, how she loves me. I was like, God, Lee, that is so humbling. 
that is humbling and important. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, I, and I, how much I love her, I can't, it's, I can't even fathom. It's scary to fathom. But just that, even regardless of what me, just the way I know, just the, how I can observe her love. I'm like, oh my God. And for the listeners of this, go watch Ohm Daddy and check out that <laughs> video. I, I had not seen it, but had heard about you until today when I was, you know, just, I was doing a little bit of, you know, additional um, dipping back into some content that I, I had heard from you and was like, oh, that's right, Ohm Daddy. And so I watched the video and, and it is it is a powerful connection. There's something so universal about the father-daughter connection and the, the universal sound of Om. Yeah, that's a good sound. Yeah, that sound is very important for me, like in cold water, especially. Like if I'm going through an experience, that maybe that's why. If I'm going through an experience, like oming is a good thing to do. And like, you know, I saw Davina going through an experience. I'm like, let me home to her. It's a good thing to like, let's try that. And the mirror neurons as a baby, that, that co-regulation of, you know, you dropping into your parasympathetic nervous system and down-regulating and her entraining to that and allowing her to just have her experience and then move into your energy how you know as she's grown up and as you've you know been educating her i imagine in a way that is very much different than the standard educational model what does that look like for you oh man it's there's a, a lot of explaining to do i think that's the issue i think a lot another re reason why people just like pass along normal memes as parents might be because it's like a lot to explore what's actually going on. So I have a lot of long conversations with her. I mean, if we circle it back to the beginning of the conversation, it's like, why are they, why are they wearing masks? It's like, why are they wearing masks? It's like, uh, that's a great question. I, I, I think it's because they're scared. Well, what are they scared of? And it's like, well, I think it's because um, like what's being passed along in the news. And then, well, what's the news? like okay it takes some energy so i uh aim to uh be ready to give that energy like the same way you know fit we're going to talk about fitness and working out and such like that because that we you mentioned that about way of shocking the nervous system which i totally believe in i totally believe is so important to push ourselves like and if we're going to go to a, a more another meme like the soccer uh, there was a socrates quote that really hit me hard once about like what a shame what it would be for someone to live as a human being and not find out their physical potential i don't know what the actual words are but that's what i'm remembering right now i'm like yeah that's godly don't don't push me and don't pressure me into it but she's louise great point socrates <laughs> so um i i push myself so uh, for the reason the benefit of that and and so i have enough energy to uh not only field questions and, and explore the truth with my daughter out loud instead of passing along some sort of propaganda because i was scared to question it uh, it turns into long conversations that sometimes don't have a clear answer how about that for a five-year-old not many five-year-olds i don't think get that experience and nurturing that curiosity that desire to learn being a lifelong learner is such a gift is such as a parent to have that patience 
and to do the work yourself that allows you to cultivate that and to figure out, all right, she's asking me all these questions. What is it that I know with a capital K? And to be fully honest when, you know, all right, she's asking me a question that I don't know and to like figure out what the truth is with your five-year-old daughter, you know, like coming, coming to that back to Socrates to like that Socratic wisdom of like questioning and questioning and questioning and coming to the truth with a five-year-old and helping them to understand the world as you are gaining a deeper understanding of the world in a way that, you know, allows her to, you know, find herself at 35, 40, 50 years old and still hungry for knowledge, you know, not in a space of cynicism or, you know, feeling weary, but, you know, just constantly curious, constantly looking at trying to understand herself or ourselves from a deeper way, coming back to that, you know, listening to the intuition, the internal intuition, and then the external synchronicities that confirm our intuition. That, that is such a gift that you get to provide her as a parent from the, the breaking normal prism. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be excited to re-listen to what you just said as well, because that was some, um, I think good, good wisdom right there. Uh, it was affirming and, uh, you have a great way of expressing constantly curious. I've never heard of that book title. Have you? I have not. It's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> constantly curious for a podcast. It's pretty nice too. It is. Yeah. Some, something I do in my, my work is doing inner child healing. And one of the, the biggest things that I see from person to person is um, the, the squelching of people's, permission to allow themselves to play to allow themselves to just have fun without an outcome or a purpose or you know to remove that judge of being constantly in that perpetual space of like implementing something or achieving something or doing this and just stepping back and being and being joyful and that is ultimately like the the inner child that is the the goal of like you cultivating what you're cultivating as a parent in this curiosity also allows her to you know continue in this space of play as i imagine that you know you take her to do the things that you're doing that are walking along a riverbank and jumping in the cold water and doing all of these things outdoors that are yeah, these aren't the way that the the standard American lives doing working a nine to five and then coming back home grumpy. And that's like it. This is also in addition to curiosity, like they, they go hand in hand. Yeah. 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 It, it reminds me of like some conversations I've had with Davina where. I'm like, maybe I may, I like reflecting on it. Maybe I was feeling like a little lazy. And I was like, what are you looking forward to most next week? And you know, her answer is like, can we go to the playground? Like just deflected. And now I'm like, I'm like, I'm like more inspired. Like, like, like she, the more I've told people stories around that, like she does not have much capacity about talking about the past or the, or the future. Like anytime I do it, it almost seems to frustrate her a little. And I, I also am very inspired by that. 
very she's, she's uh, that's been a highlight in the, 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 with the socratic back and forth i mean she's like really taught me a lot with that that i don't need to resort to um talking about things that might happen in the future or that happened in the past uh maybe i should be more creative about what's going on right now or just not talking <laughs> yeah silence and being comfortable in silence i think is was a lost art for me i won't project on other people for the longest time needed to fill the silence even being you know i've got stories about the fact that i'm an introvert but you know needing to fill silence and even like breaking the the normal of constant noise constant stimulation even in the context of a conversation and allowing that awkwardness to then be to then shift when you can just be in the present moment like you know Davina is annoyed by the past and the future you get to just be here now with her like Ramdas says you know you get to just be in the present moment and figure out what that means for her and you simultaneously yeah and and like just to make a full point here let me make it really deep like a, a detailed story I do think if someone spends five minutes in a 50 degree river um, they have a lot easier time acclimating to what they used to think was awkward silence and more appreciating for, for the, what the beauty it is, like that a five-year-old could have more fun with. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And the naked exercise, you know. Yeah, silence. The, the naked exercise is silent as well? No, no, but I was just trying to hear. Is that, that's not your dog. That's not the neighbor. That, that's my, my dog's right next to me. That, that's the, the people that I'm staying with's dog. It's just uh, he's barking at somebody's pulling up the driveway. I'm, I'm curious for, for people who are still living a more normal lifestyle, what, what is an accessible way to begin the process that is breaking normal, progressively breaking more normal in their lives and yeah, tapping into their own wisdom and intuition. I would say bottling your own spring water would be a good start. Um, getting naked in the sun is also another catalyst, it seems. Um, getting in cold, fresh water, untreated cold, fresh water that is scary cold. Um, so, so, you know, to most people that's in the 50 degree category, but it could get down to forties, it can get down thirties, you can cut a hole at night, you know, however far you want to take it. But that is a practice. It's just so freaking powerful. Uh, breath work, you know, like getting high on your own supply, like however you want to do it. There's so many uh, gurus out there. I don't, know if you, I don't know if they like to be called gurus or teachers or whatever they are. Uh, like the Wim Hof method works. Uh, but a lot of people do that type of holotropic breathing and all type of iterations. So if Wim Hof doesn't vibe with you, I mean, like find a way to get high, find a way to get high, high, high on your own breath. I mean, that's a fun, that's a fun thing to realize. And that can be with a uh, deep diving too. I think if anyone's willing, I, I don't, I encourage definitely a guide in this, but if you want to learn how to dive deep and hold your breath for long periods of time and learn that stillness, I mean, that's so powerful. I imagine yoga teaches a lot about that. <laughs> um, I think praying is extremely powerful. Uh, praying, you know, I've, I've heard it. I, I kind of think that when we speak, we pray. But uh, even the, it being making it more intentional than that, and then listening, you know, which some people might call meditation. 
Um, <laughs> deep sleeps. You know, I think so many people are underslept. I think so many people have not eaten enough organ meats, like the or like uh, organ meats and shellfish and ripe organ, like ripe seasonal fruit in your area. For, uh, coconut water that just fell off the tree. If you're in that type of area, uh, an animal that you killed, like if you eat animals, kill one and eat it. If you eat animals, kill one and eat it and bottle that on the spring water. And uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, I. And take a big bite out of the the raw liver. Yeah, do that, and you know, to plug some things, I've been like, okay, we can do this for people. Try vitamins. Like, it seems like bison liver is like kind of a gateway drug to like more indigenous eating or understanding, like not being scared of the sun, for instance. Don't be scared of the sun <laughs> um, or the moon. You know. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. or the stars. Like the I, stars I have so much great. to learn about uh, the way the moon and the sun and the stars work, but like understanding like what direction does the sun rise? Like when when could like I, I have an east facing door. It's awesome in Boulder, so I get like this strong sunlight right in the morning that I can get naked in and get right in my eyeballs. I think when you wake up, it might be more definitely much more important to get sun if you can. And or and or cold water or do something that's like natural or put your feet in the grass or all all of the above if you can. Um, before you like check your phone that, you know i've heard a lot of amazing people tell me that advice and like that's great advice and i aim to follow that pretty closely like today i skated to the creek and it was the river is so much colder in the morning that's a good known fact here in in west boulder um let's go in the river first let's do that first let's take care of uh, ourselves before the normal distractions from this device try to take over you got anyone to add to that? I mean, I, I was kind of like... I like, so like getting naked in the sun is a good one. So the, the intermediate version of that is getting naked in the sun and going swimming with people who are wearing, like in the hot springs down in Taos, I spent the month of April and like getting naked and sitting in the hot spring in, in that environment, it's a clothing optional hot spring, but facing that internal judgment of like that I have in my own head of like, oh, these people are wearing swimsuits. They may be judging me. They may be looking at me and I'm still going to do this because it's uncomfortable. And that was, a, that has been a big one in just like allowing me to, to hear my, my inner critic speak very loudly. I love that you say, when we speak, we are praying um, abracadabra with my words. I create in Aramaic is what is the first line of the Bible? In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. That like our words are creating our reality word by word because they are, you know, a reflection of our experience. So that awareness of the words that we're speaking to ourselves internally and the words that we're speaking externally as a practice, as a meditative practice of, um, really learning the stories that we have that may be causing us to show up in a way that is limiting the flow of love that we have towards ourselves and towards others. And, you know, coming back to breaking normal, there's so much contraction, there's so much anger and hatred and fear in this world to really fucking break normal, like show yourself and others a lot more radical love. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it's a, it's like, it's so that, like, that's like one of the, like, it's, 
oh god like this idea of like, like enlightenment is easy that's how hard it is that's how hard it is like can you can you imagine if that was your mission every day like i'm just gonna go outside and i'm just gonna make sure everyone i cross paths i'm gonna walk around all day <laughs> and i'm gonna make sure everyone i cross paths with feels as loved as i possibly can help them and that might mean me leaving them alone sometimes like can i just like make that a practice yeah, i mean that's a that's a big that's a big deal that's a big deal. That might be, uh, you know, you just, it, it, to get creative on how to help people. What a, what an endeavor. And, and, and like to just get really tap into that creativity, like uh, the same way we're talking about following or the flutter of our heartbeat. Like, can I go meet a stranger tonight and follow the, if I ask God and pray, how can I help this person the most and see if there is a flutter of the heartbeat and follow that? Like, wow, what a lifestyle to live. Yeah. 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 And yeah, talking, talking to people from a space of, you know, authentic curiosity, like people feel that because we go through our days often like shut off. Like I go through my day. I won't project on anyone else. I go through my day very frequently, especially when I'm out in the grocery store, I'm out doing things shut off that it becomes a practice to really be in authenticity when I'm asking the person, Hey, how's your day? Like, Hey, how, you know, how's your shift going? And to not phrase it in a way where I'm like, have a nice day or like to, to do it in a way where it's a pattern interrupt. And they're like, Oh, Oh, this, this person acknowledged me as a human being rather than just a cog filling a function in, in their reality as like a being objectified essentially. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, I'm thinking, I love the, I, I like to try to make things like personal and relevant. And like today I had a conversation, a brief conversation with someone I met that was like, um, you know, how you doing? And she, and she said that she, uh, well, she could be, but like there, there, it could be a lot better, uh, something like that. And I just sat there and didn't say anything for a, while, a long time. I just wanted her to hear that. And I, I don't know, I don't know what the answer was, but it was just like, wow. I was, I didn't just try to say some generic, like, well, it'll be okay. I was like, were well, you going to say anything else or not? Or are we just going to sit here and think about that? And I, I think that's a good call. You know, that's another great way to break normal, get creative about how you communicate with the sacredness that we synergize with known as our word or how, how we use these. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Come on. And like after the long pause, after that awkward pause to break the normal, like, all right, how could it be better? Tell me. Yeah, oh yeah. There's like, some, go 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 into it. There that, and that's why I think it's so much better than just doing generic phrases to fit in, because you can find out so much more if you don't resort to them. <laughs> the world becomes so much richer. Like the the in-betweens and the nuance really starts to shine through. And I um I do microdose coaching and that's what I love about microdosing is it allows the like the presence as a practice it allows you to be so much more present and in the moment to allow these nuanced aspects of reality to shine through in your interactions in your perception of you know seeing the the grains of a leaf or looking at a tree and just being in the energy of that tree and the difference, like I, I saw this duality when you were describing the things that are breaking normal 
in like really disconnecting from what civilization is putting onto us and connecting with the earth and the intrinsic nature that exists around us and to be in that space of abundance within nature to feel that abundance and connect with it and allow it to generate your own abundance are you and are you when you say you're microdosing coaching are you talking about for mushrooms like psilocybin mushrooms psilocybin and lsd yeah okay and i bet that was i bet that definitely could be a catalyst to what you're uh, alluding to there i mean especially done with the right dose and the right context i mean it is is amazing it's amazing um we're an amazing experience. We're in a crazy experience. Like I think this is crazy, awesome too. And as and not only awesome, not only awesome, a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to explore here. So I definitely appreciate the meme of being constantly curious as a hack for breaking normal. I feel like that's sometimes when I've been the most power. Like when I've had the most powerful social impact in groups of people, when I was very curious didn't really it wasn't even hard it's not that hard to be that curious. that's what i'm saying it's like it's just so easy to be curious you just don't give it like if you're just like divina five and you don't care what other people think you could be you're so curious well it's, it's the unlearning it's unlearning all of the conditioning and you know it comes back to the very simple things of like allowing silence or asking a question allowing people to fill the silence and if they don't you know asking a question that's going to get them a layer deeper and a layer deeper and a layer deeper until you're, you know, uncovering the essence of what it means to be human, the essence of life and like really allowing them to feel heard and express their experience to feel seen and acknowledged as a human, which is ultimately what we're hum- what we're hungering for, what we're like feeling authentic connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 once again, another little moment at the creek I had today, I, there was this new person at the creek, and it was, like, so fun to me how we hung out for so long and said so little, but we said things. We did say things, but there was just no structure to our connection. <laughs> it was like two fish meeting at the creek, and it was just, like, awesome. It, I really – it made me excited to – be ready for more of now instead of talking about yesterday, tomorrow, because that feels like a distraction. Yeah. I, I, this is, I, I trust people feel inspired to like maybe take action on some of the things we're talking about. It's very simple. Like, especially if you like go out in social settings, it's very fun to experiment with uh, silence, for instance, um, or to be like, uh, like to feel like no, everyone thinks I'm like being quiet. That's a kind of a fun feeling to experiment with, like feeling uh, everyone thinks I'm quiet and like sitting with that. Um, or if like, oh, this person has judged me for that. And, like maybe see if you can get judged more for that. It's just, it's like this, uh, we're in the gym of life here. I feel like I'm wearing the same top. I'm like, <laughs> we gotta go work out in the social settings and while we're alive to explore these things. They're so fun and crazy and can be intense. I'm not trying to undermine the intensity of social awkwardness, for instance. Yeah. And like JP asking you, like, what is your biggest judgment of me? Oh, yeah. And, and then modulating his life to trigger the fuck out of you. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. I mean, I should probably start doing that with more people. What is your biggest judgment of me? And then see if I get. Tra- <laughs> you think I talk too much? All right, let me. All right, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get, yeah. 
Dude, it has been fucking rad as the first interaction that I've had with you having this conversation. Um, man, I really appreciate you so much for the, uh, the energy that you bring to the world and am very grateful for you taking the time to have this conversation with me to sit down and just jam, to just chat, talk about life. Where would you like to direct people? Like, where can people find you? What would you like people to take action on? I, I would love if, you, like, if you're inspired by this conversation, definitely listen to the audio book that you alluded to earlier that JP and I speak called Breaking Normal on Audible. Awesome. And then uh, <laughs> I also encourage <laughs> you to take the bison liver from tribe vitamins at a minimum. Uh, you take those before breakfast, uh, the dose, the suggested dose every day. So you can have a little bison. Someone asked me today, do, I, do you eat bison every day? And I was like, I guess I do, because yeah, I'm eating a lot of bison liver every morning before I eat anything else. And that's just, wow, gateway. Um, so try vitamins.com for that. And then um, and then you also asked me earlier about like different med like medicines. Um, and I talked about my dad being a pharmacist and you all hearing about what I do. Like I, and me saying how maybe plant medicine before pharmaceuticals, like for someone that's a, uh, hooked on opiates, uh, check out Kratom by, with a guide. Like, um, like yourself, um, or, or, or uh, any kind of psychological medicine, check out what you're doing. If you're on like psycho psychiatric medications, maybe check out this idea of microdosing something that grows from soil. Um, and, or, you know, LSD, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> it's like, because like and then we, yeah, there's so much there too, my holy moly. Um, and, um, what other ones? Oh, yeah, sleeping. If you're on sleep medications, you know, we talked about cannabis. Maybe learn more about cannabis just from being pressured into it at a frat party. Um, uh, and food-wise, food-wise, if you think food might be a medicine, freaking check out uh, spring water and um, that you bottled yourself and um, organ meats that you know are coming from the best place possible and, and bone marrow and other foods that uh, your dogs would spend 20 hours getting an ounce of and um, uh, deep sleeping and praying and all the things we talked about, man. I, I do think that we, we mentioned, uh, mentioned some things that people decided to make it a daily practice to explore. It could be super impactful. So thanks for uh, making time to have this conversation. Yeah, it's, it's simple and at the same time, it requires the energy of doing it with consistency yeah 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 and that that's why i love like little rituals like uh you can make little rituals you can make that mm -hmm. kind of go before you wake up can you just put your eyes in the sun what about that as a ritual or can you spend yeah. minutes in the closest body if you're living near a cold body water can you spend five minutes there every day is that too much to ask who knows what might happen you know if it, you can feel that good after one day what happens if you do it for 90 days for nine years, nine years, and I meet those people that do it for nine years, and they're looking. They're they seem a lot. They seem a lot more dialed into what the puppets on the news are telling me. <laughs> They've got Paul check physique. <laughs> yeah, these freaking crazy people. Man. Once in a while, go viral because someone was like bold enough to interview them. They're out there usually by the clean water and the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> well, brother. Wishing you so much love. I'm going to connect with you when I make it back to the front range. And yeah, I look forward to just sitting down, you know, getting, getting some of your bison liver and yeah, having another conversation in the four dimensional, five dimensional, six dimensional, however many dimensions exist Come on. in 
the physical and multiverse, omniverse. I'm, I'm excited to connect in the future. And yeah, thank you. I love you. Hey, much love to you. Thank you. You're a, a great communicator. I think that, uh, you know, you're, this podcast is relatively new. Is that right? Like how many episodes? What ep- yeah, I, start, I started in April. I've, I've released 10 episodes. What was your first ep- episode? April what? When, when you say you started? Um, April, I believe it was April 4th. It was Monday. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, keep going. You know, there can, the consistency counts. Like, for instance, I because of some of the things I alluded to earlier personally, I uh, that's my excuse. You know, whatever. I let a lapse happen in the podcast, and that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Um, I think we have about 140 episodes, but I have like three in the queue. Oh, yeah, I'm right. I'm right. Sometimes, sometimes you know, you gotta honor that silence. The silence. So I've been silent on my podcast for much longer than usual. But the only the main reason i think it's been as uh fulfilling as it has been is because i was consistent i it made me be consistent so keep going keep, and, and it's something you're good at so keep going do, do things that are good at you're good at to help people come on that's it that's perfect advice as well to break normal learn what you're good at and keep doing it start keep going bam yeah and you gotta explore sometimes you gotta be a little awkward to find out maybe what you're best at yeah yeah this this podcast was definitely an edge for me um, in, you know, conceptualizing myself, conceptualizing myself as an introvert and then realizing that I ask good questions, I listen well, and that can lead to some really dynamic conversations. So. Yeah. And then it was something you would want to do, like, regardless of the salary, like if you made like $10 or if you lost a hundred dollars a month, or if you made a thousand dollars a day, like, does it matter? Do you still want to do it or not? That's it and i think it's helpful so that's that's i think that's great guidance for anyone on any path if you enjoy doing what you're doing and it's helping people don't get so distracted find a way to get not so distracted by the the, the number the money number try to find a way to make it make it work for you <laughs> there is abundance in joy as well right indeed and joy attracts abundance so thanks for uh, that Thank you, man. Sending love. This was such a fun, comfortable episode to record with Danimal. Go and check this dude out at all the places. And if there was something in here that you connected with, I invite you to subscribe so that you can stay up to date with all that we have going on in innate flow land. I also invite you to leave a review and rate the show, share it with a friend, and do something kind for a stranger this week, as this world is longing for so much more compassion. And that starts with us. I love you all. Aho.